Mark 5, 21 through 43 is our next Markan sandwich. Remember that phrase? That literary device, that strategy Mark used to tell stories where he cuts a story in two and then places another one right in the middle? And remember how there's a method to his madness, a reason for the sandwich. The goal is that the first story would add power and zest to the second story. And so keep that in mind for this episode as we talk about not just the story, but the story within the story. Let's go. Welcome to season six of Stories in Scripture, a podcast dedicated to telling the big story of the Bible one piece at a time. In this season, we are walking through Mark's Gospel. Our hope is that these short episodes would lead you into more, into a time of reading, reflection, prayer, whatever it is for you. The goal is that you let the amazing story about the Savior of the world transform the way you live out your life today. Back on the other side of the water, the crowd was in full strength. Peter felt much better about this crowd than he did about the last, happy to have a whole sea between them and that incident with the pigs. One man pushed through the rest. Peter recognized him immediately, a synagogue leader, one of the men who typically was not thrilled about the movement. Peter braced himself for another argument, but none came. The man's name was Jairus. And he wasn't angry, he was anxious. Desperate and distraught, he collapsed at Jesus' feet in a way that silenced the rest of the crowd. My daughter is dying, he pleaded earnestly. But I know you can save her. Please, come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. The rest of the crowd was a bit taken aback by his boldness. After all, they had traveled a long way to get to Jesus too. They had waited forever to hear some more teachings from Jesus. And now this father just wanted to take him away. Peter noted that Jesus didn't even seem to notice how bothered the crowd was. He hadn't taken his eyes off Jairus. With a subtle nod and no words, he lifted Jairus to his feet and began to follow him. The crowd decided to come with. Peter stood at his right side, James at his left. Together, they did their best to keep the crowd away, but it was almost no use. Much to Jairus' dismay, they had to travel slow as the crowd continued to press in against Jesus, each one seemingly unaware of the pain the father was feeling, too caught up in the action and the chaos of the crowd to even notice. Peter was recognizing that more and more these days, the effect that a crowd seems to have on people. It almost makes them stop thinking for themselves, like they're just getting caught up in the tide. He even noticed his own thoughts starting to drift as a woman pushed past him, jolting him back into the present moment. Instincts kicking in, he reached for her, meaning to stop her and assess any potential threat, but he was too slow. She was already past both him and James and had reached out and touched Jesus' cloak. Jesus stopped dead in his tracks. Who touched my cloak? He asked, his words a mixture of care and concern. Peter watched as John questioned the rabbi. What, Jesus, there are people crowding against you. What are you talking about? But Peter knew. 
He had watched the entire thing play out from his vantage point and considered selling the woman out, but she spoke up for herself. It was me, the woman said, voice trembling with fear. The woman fell at Jesus' feet. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, it's just I, I've been in pain and an outcast for so long, 12 years, and every doctor, they just make it worse, and I don't want to suffer anymore, and I thought maybe I could touch your cloak, and I'm sorry. Peter watched as Jesus just smiled. His gaze was soft. He helped her up to her feet, not breaking eye contact. Daughter, he said gently, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Her eyes filled with tears, tears of gratitude that began to wash away years of pain. Thank you, she whispered in a tone so sincere Peter could tell she meant it. But the celebration was cut short. Before the conversation even ended, two men approached them, synagogue leaders. Their faces hung low. As soon as Jairus saw them, he shuddered bracing himself for what must be bad news. Your daughter is dead, they said sternly. Why bother the teacher anymore? Peter could tell Jairus was shaking, as if he was trying to find enough breath to speak, to fight. He stood next to him, not knowing what to say, just trying to offer some semblance of presence. But Jesus, after bidding farewell to the woman he had healed, came up behind Jairus, placed a hand on his shoulder. He smiled and looked at him dead in the eye and said, don't be afraid, just believe. When they turned the corner and reached the home, Jesus told Peter, James, and John to follow him inside, but asked everyone else, including all the other disciples, to stay outside. The home was crowded enough as his mourners were there crying and wailing loudly. Peter watched his rabbi almost grimace at the sounds. Why all this commotion, he said, above all the noise. The child is not dead, but asleep. Peter watched as they all laughed. Obviously, that wasn't the correct emotional response, but it seemed it was all they could muster in the moment. Jesus nodded to Peter, and he immediately knew what that meant. Peter began kicking everyone who wasn't family out of the home. As soon as Peter, John, and James got everyone out, they joined Jesus, Jairus, and his wife in the back room where the child was. Jesus wasted no time knowing the parents had already gone through so much. He took her by the hand and said, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl's eyes shot open, filled back with life. She began to sit up and then stood up and walked and then ran to her parents. Jairus fell down on his knees, hugging her as his tears soaked the floor. In classic Mark fashion, a lot happens in a very short amount of time. Both stories end in healing, but did you notice the sandwich? The story of Jairus and his daughter is story A, but Mark cuts it in half and inserts the story of the woman who gets healed along the way. So remember, the layers are there on purpose. They create a synergy, an extra emphasis on the fact that Jesus heals. Absolutely. But notice at a deeper level that both stories involve the faith of the people asking for healing. The desperate father runs and seeks out Jesus, continuing to refuse to stop 
believing. Whereas the woman has the faith to push through the crowd, get to Jesus and touch his cloak even after 12 years of suffering and several failed attempts at finding healing. In both stories, the faith is rewarded, which makes me wonder if Mark is trying to tell us something, that along the way there are going to be times when things start to look bleak, when that prayer you've been praying begins to feel like it's not going to happen. Those are the times we're called to double down and find some faith. Now, I won't pretend to know or understand how or why it all works. That's above my pay grade. But these two stories seem to teach us that our job is not to try to figure out God, but rather keep praying with faith. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories in Scripture. We hope season six is bringing Mark's gospel to life for you. And that this episode helped you see the bigger picture Mark is painting for us. If you are enjoying this podcast, we'd love for you to share it with your friends, and rating and review it goes a long way as well. We love getting to tell these stories and appreciate you coming along for the ride. So we'll see you next time for our next story.